0: The Trek Geeks podcast network is proud to have fansets as its presenting sponsor fansets is the home for amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month.
1: Stay tuned for a special discount code worth 10% off your next order at fansets.com fansets. Our pins have character. Who knew that you could summon a
2: queue over drinks? Are counselors really Picard's greatest fear? And if I was Ricardo, I'd be asking Teresa to make Rios my daddy. Just look at that ship. That's awesome. So take a stroll through the tunnels of Jean Luc's mind with us as we review this week's episode. I'm Mike Bovia, and this is Discovering Trek Picard. Thanks for joining us on discovering Trek the star Trek universe, companion presented by Fansets. This week's episode brought us the return of Guinan. It gave us some knowledge about Jean-Luc's father, and we see why Talon spoke Romulan last week, but we need to really be able to break this down as a crew. And as you know, That is a round table discussion here on discovering Trek. Uh, so this week we're going to get to spend some online time with Tamia, which is nice, but it's not quite as nice as being able to have spent in person time with her at mission Chicago. So Tamiya, it's, it's nice to welcome you back to the show, but man, I wish we were still in Chicago all hanging out.
3: Me too. That was the best being able to hang out with everybody in person. And, um, you know, after all this time that we've been on the network together and finally meeting each other all in person, it was just the best. And I miss you guys already.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I, the the next day, it was like a, a major letdown. I right. Like, uh, I mean, beside the fact that we had to go to work. I mean, <laughs> everything else <laughs> after that, too. <laughs> so i'm gonna introduce our next guest now so that jamie won't steal his introduction uh welcome mike thurlow how's it going
0: good mike yes uh (laughs) let's try to prevent jamie from ruining any of my thoughts or predictions this week uh but if you'd like we could introduce mr negativity now anytime and it's great to be hanging around with tamia again (laughs) Even virtually, it's a pleasure to have her on our round table.
1: That's hey, right. Don't don't hate the player. Hate the game. Okay.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> speak, speaking of that game and that player, the aforementioned Jamie Rogers was so negative about last week's episode that I think maybe Q might have found a kindred spirit with him. So I, I, uh, I,
1: I think I might have summoned Q as opposed to Guinan in this episode.
2: <laughs> I know. And you didn't even need a bottle. No. Wow. <laughs>
1: But I do want to, I do want to say this though. Um, my, the lovely Tamia got me such a nice present when we were in Chicago. She got me my Geordie LaForge bear from lower decks. And I can't wait to display that on social media. I think it's going to have a nice place right on my drum set. So look forward to those pictures.
3: Nice on the drums, baby. <laughs>
2: So Jamie, speaking of social media, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us?
1: Well, if you'd like to uh, follow the show on social media, you can find us at at Discovering Trek, or you can join the conversation on Camp Kittimer. Just answer a few simple questions and our admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark will let you in.
2: This is a reminder that this episode of Discovering Trek provides spoilers for the Picard episode Monsters. If you have not watched yet, Head over to Paramount Plus and watch the episode and then head back. Failure to do so leaves you open to spoilers. So I didn't talk to you about this, me, I know in the past you had done the episode intro stuff. You don't have to do it. I've been doing it for the past few weeks because because uh, Sabrina and, uh, and Fran didn't want anything to do with it. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I got no problem doing it. If you want me to
3: take it away, buddy.
2: Okay. Episode two Oh seven of star Trek, Picard monsters aired April 14th, 2022 was written by Jane Maggs and directed by Joe Menendez. Talon ventures inside Picard's subconscious mind to help wake him from a coma and face both his darkest secrets and deepest fears. Seven and Rafi go in search of Gerardi whom they fear has succumbed to the monster inside. And Rio struggles to hide the truth of who he really is from Teresa. So as we do normally, we will find out what everyone's uh, quick thoughts were on this episode, whether they liked it or not. So uh, Mike Thurlow, you get to go first this week, thumbs up or thumbs down.
0: I give this episode a thumbs up. I really enjoyed the multi-layered uh, approach to this episode from the way that the separate storylines all played out throughout the episode, uh, also just the, the, the focus on mental health and in so many ways a, uh, a lot of different topics from mental health to trauma to uh, even found family came up in this episode. And, uh, you know, father father issues, um, daddy issues, I guess we might call them. Um, but no one here has those. But uh, I just thought it was a really well put together episode. It moved along. It was 46 minutes this week. And it, it just flew by for me. It was um, never once that I feel like I was being pulled Pulled out of the story. Um, my only issue with this episode, and, and I hate to say this, I you know I am just not a James Callis fan. I uh, you know um, I know it's great, and, and the only there are two negatives here for me. One is that I just he's kind of like the Kai Wen of Battlestar Galactica. Uh, so as Baltar, so it's really hard for me to get over that and and him crossing over into Picard. Although I know it's been done before because the other Baltar was a Klingon in the original series, Uh, but uh, in the original Battlestar Galactica. Um, But I just, I just couldn't really, I mean, towards the end of the episode, I did sort of accept it more and more that he, he was, you know, that the relationship that you see develop that he's Picard's father Um, but the, the way that it played out, I just didn't like him from the start of the episode. We didn't know who he was. He seemed very adversarial to Picard. And, um, so for me, that was the only thing drawback for the episode. But, um, I guess by the end of it, uh, when, uh, and I think we're going to see more of him too. Part of my prediction is that we are, there's still more to come on this and, um, I think that uh, you can definitely see the animosity between Picard and his father and uh, how that all plays out. So, um, and when I mentioned daddy issues, I wasn't just talking about Picard and his father. Rios also brings up the fact that he didn't know his father as well. So, um, but for me, this is a really excellent episode. And and it, it got better and better as I watched it again and again and got to see The textures and the layers and also some of the Easter, not Easter eggs per se, but like little things that like the star um, that actually turned out to be the labyrinth uh, in Picard's notebook, how that was used at the very beginning in the background of the ready room and then as as a physical thing next to him and then in the notebook. So, but I'll save some more for, for the rest of you, uh, but definitely a thumbs up. Sorry. That was a longer, longer preamble than I expected. I was, I was
2: wondering if you were just trying to get everything out there to make sure that Jamie didn't take anything. You. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to ride that one for all it's worth after last week. So, <clears throat> um, uh, So I got to say, I I do agree with you, Mike. It's a thumbs up for me as well. Um, And I got to agree with something that you said about it offline too. When we were talking is that, uh, you know, it grew on you after a few watches Uh, and I'm, you know, I know Jamie hasn't gone yet, but uh, you know, I was, I don't want to say I was confused when I watched it the first time, but I was it, it, I definitely said to myself, what did I just watch, you know, um, and then after you go back and you've seen it once and you're able to determine some more stuff, it, it definitely grew on me. And, uh, you know, that's why I
0: give it an up. Yeah, and... that, that opening sequence was very confusing. Mm. Absolutely. Very well, confusing.
2: That and uh, the solarium part as well. Like when they were painting on the walls, like I was like, what is going on? And it took a while for, you know, it took, I did eventually realize what was going on, but geez, you know, I, I thought somebody was tripping when they were writing this, All right, Jamie, negative or positive, my friend,
1: I'm going thumbs down two weeks in a row, two weeks in a row. So like you Mike the first time i saw this i was thoroughly confused um i will say it's getting better uh the more times i watch it but you know i'll be honest it's not what i'm looking for when i want to watch star trek i'm not looking for a psychological you know dig through somebody's brain it's just it's it's not what i enjoy watching star trek as i've been able to watch it i'm able to appreciate different facets of it and and i like I do like the fact of we're seeing this serious trauma that's obviously affecting Picard and is really defines his character. Um, you know, and I like the little wisps of, you know, you heard chain of command best of both worlds, you know, going on. So some of the traumas that have affected him in his life, I like that those things were kind of brought to the front. Um, I do like the fact I, I actually like James Callis. I didn't, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really sure how to take his performance initially. Uh, the, like I said, the first time I saw it, cause I was kind of confused. In fact, I, you know, sometimes I, I, I think it's Julian Bashir sitting in front of us, you know, Alexander Sadig. like I, I actually thought it was Alexander Sadig the first time I saw it. Um, uh, but I do like James Callis. Um, very happy that Sonny Ozell, you know, the lovely wife of Patrick Stewart made an appearance, you know, so that was kind of cool. I liked our using some moments from Q who with the, you know, with her hand gestures. And I like, you know, I like the line that Rio said from star Trek four, you know, I'm from Chile. I only work in outer space. So I, there was moments that I liked, but I just feel like it didn't pr- progress the overall story forward. Where is Q where is soon? Where is Renee? Where is Robert? Right? Why is Robert not anywhere? You know, so I, I like I said I did have some major issues. It's not really what I enjoy when I watch Star Trek.
2: JB, didn't you watch Generations? Robert died in a fire. Why are we talking about that?
1: That's so mean. I like I like generations.
2: I know. <laughs> so so let me ask you something. So uh uh so you don't you feel that it doesn't advance the story, the Q and the Sung storyline. Um, are you okay with how it's advanced? What we were all questioning in the beginning about the, the storyline with his mother.
1: Yeah, no, a- absolutely. You know, like I said, it's, I, I I do like that. We're kind of analyzing this aspect of Picard and, you know, it's hopefully going to explain why he is the way he is and why he's, you know, and, and I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of connection where he, he's afraid to lose people that are close to him, which is why he doesn't form these long lasting relationships with the opposite sex. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing that that's where they're kind of going with this. Um, But I just think it kind of like, distracts us from the overall arcing story of where we're going with this season of Picard, you know, um, it was interesting. It's an interesting take on, you know, psychology and things like that, but it's just, once again, it's not what I'm looking for in a Star Trek episode.
2: I'm going to follow up on that with you later uh, when we get into our key points. But uh, Tamia, what was your thoughts or how, how do you? How did you like this episode? Good or bad?
3: Okay, so I've only watched this episode once, so to be fair. But on that first viewing, it's a thumbs down for me. Um, I agree with a lot of Jamie's points. I, while I applaud them for tackling this issue of mental illness that like they're doing through the storyline with Picard's mother. I feel like it's overwhelming. I feel like they don't know which story they want to tell. And I feel like there are too many balls in the air and none of the. I mean like I I'm gonna have faith in the writers that there's gonna be a satisfying conclusion. Um, but right now, like I don't I'm really sick and tired of being in Picard's head. Mm-hmm. I don't need to spend three quarters of an episode in Picard's head especially not when there's some like there's other plot lines going on Mm -hmm. that are to me a little bit more important (laughs) you know like these are the people who are actually trying to save the universe as they know it right Mm. and like you know I, I don't really need to sit and be stuck in Picard's head with him all of that time so I mean and I can go into it a little bit more later but I mean, that's my, that's my overall sense. Like, I, I, again, I agree with Jamie. There were some points on it that I loved. There were moments that I loved, but overall I was not happy.
2: First off, let me say, please don't encourage Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Second of all, though, uh, I, I'm, uh, great uh, minds listen.
1: think alike mike great <laughs> minds think
2: <alike>. oh that <laughs> was not Mia. an insult that was not an insult to me whatsoever yeah it's an insult
3: <laughs> to me that's what you're saying <laughs> uh,
2: you know thinking about what you're saying to me uh, um you know three quarters of the episode we're in his head yeah uh, we've really been in his head quite a bit this season you know this this just happened to be the one where literally we go inside his head but yeah you're right we've seen a lot of this uh, I guess you could say mental block if you want that he's been putting up um, throughout the season which has caused us to have these questions that it seems like now they're trying to answer Um, and I do still I do still see this as being a thumbs up for me, but listening to you and Jamie, uh, it's bringing me around to a thought that I had before of God. I hope we didn't hit our Picard plateau like we did last year and then start going down leading into the finale. So uh but I, I think, we're not you know, there. one
0: of the things, you know, one of the things I I think, uh, you know, this is this show is called Star Trek Picard. So Picard is the center of this. This is not Star Trek, the next generation, the next generation, mm-hmm. you know. So um, and the only reason that we're getting this show is because Patrick Stewart wanted to do something different with his character. And I think yeah. that that's what we're seeing here, is the delve into the psyche of a captain who's been a captain who's 90 years old and who's had all these experiences and wants to go back to his roots. So uh, I think that that piece of, you know, that's the running line of this show and of uh, of this episode in particular. The other stuff that's going on, the other, you know, other um, adventures, let's say, that, that are happening around him are kind of the Star Trek element of this, if we want to, you know, kind of break it out. But this really is a, you know... Patrick Stewart delving into who is Picard? Where did he come from? What did we learn? What don't we know about him and how can we visit that and reflect on how that uh, informs who he is today? And so, um, I really thought it was interesting this week to get that kind of depth, uh, from, from this episode and learn more about why he can't form long-term relationships, why he, People call him Captain and don't, not a lot of people call him Jean Luc, which I think, you know, in, in you know, one of Johnson's, uh, my co host's feelings on Rafi is that he hated Rafi calling her, him JL. But the thing is that everyone calls him Captain. And so the fact that some other character calls him, you know, by his first name or by his first initials is, you know, just a different way of approaching it. And I think that that's, uh, you know, that for me is is what we're here for, is we're here to dive into who Picard is. And, and as this episode, I, I feel like this episode did move things forward a lot. One, we do get a lot of information about his mom and, and that experience, and also about his dad. Uh, and, and to some degree, even a little bit about Robert, like his relationship with his brother. Um, all of this kind of informs that. But we also get, when he comes out of that... You know, we get a cliffhanger with Talon realizing that there's something else going on here, and I have a theory about that for predictions later on. But um, when he comes out of that coma, he actually has a perspe- a greater perspective on why, perhaps, why Q is making him do this, why this is happening, and how it how it in- informs and impacts his um, his thoughts about. W- Q and what's next, which is why, why we get the summoning of Q with Guinan, um, in the next sort of scene after he kind of comes out of this. But I think if you go back and rewatch the episode, the really crucial scene is when he comes out of, out of, uh, out of the coma, and he and Talon are talking. And if you watch that and listen to what he's come to realize, that is, I feel like that is the crux of. This episode, but it's also the crux of this season and can kind of inform the whole, your whole idea about what this season is all about.
2: And that listeners is why we do this as a round table, because you get all different kinds of opinions and, uh, you know, no single one of us is right. It's just how we feel.
3: Well, can I just jump in real quick? Cause I really love, I really love what you had to say, Mike, you know, those are all really good points and I get, and they're all accurate, right? Like they're all true. My, my gripe is that I don't need them to take so long to tell me the story about what's going on in Picard. That's what makes me mad about it. Like, And it it actually really does make me mad because it's not that I'm like impatient. I just feel like they could have packed a lot more into into the time that they had that they're using in his head. I feel like there's more that they could have told us. I feel like they're messing with me by dragging it out so much to what I feel like is an almost kind of, like I can see it coming a mile away type of conclusion. Like,
1: (sighs) yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I feel like they're trying to make it this big reveal. That's Mm -hmm. supposed to blow us away and be like, wow. But to your point, like, and I, and I even go even further to say, like, I feel the whole scenario that was created to get inside his mind was a little contrived too. it's like he jumped, he steps in front of a, a vehicle, (laughs) and get goes into a coma and like, okay, now we got to go into his psyche and, you know, battle monsters. And it it felt contrived to me, you know, it was, it was just an excuse to get into his mind to, to do this. And, and, you know, let's face it. We only get 10 episodes a season and they got a lot of balls in the air that they got to try and wrap up. And I just feel like, (laughs) You know, we, we we started with so much momentum the first five episodes, and it's like, you know, what's going on? We're, we're running out of steam, and now we're, we're losing time that could have been used to really advance the plot even further. I get it that this is the main focal point, but it, it's preventing us from looking at some of these other stories of some of these other characters that are driving the plot of this season.
3: I want to ask one question. Why did they pepper the whole? first couple of episodes with all this DS nine memorabilia and callbacks. Mm -hmm. Why? I mean, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to find out the relevance of all as Yvette calls them bright, shiny things that they showed me in the first two episodes. Mm -hmm. None of that has related thus far, you know? And um, so, yeah, I know that's a different point.
2: So the, the only theory that I had behind that, and I touched on it a little bit in the last episode is that they seem to be pulling little threads from each series that had to do with going back in time, uh, specifically to the time period that they're in. So, you know, we've gotten the talk about the sanctuary district and, um, um, gabriel bell um so you know you got that part from ds9 they've uh kind of touched on uh well they've touched on tremendously the voyage home and going back to the 20th century there Um, but i mean overall i mean you're right we got the general cisco line Uh, if you looked down on the uh, uh on seven's panel in that episode there was was it colonel o'brien i think something like that so there was a lot there was a lot of ds9 tie in in the first couple episodes and you're right uh, other than other than when they were walking through los angeles there and seeing the sign that said sanctuary district we haven't really seen anything so and everybody that's just the thumbs up and thumbs down
3: please specify how you would like to proceed sir
2: Now to get into the point of the show where we spend most of our time and that's the key points. So I think we've all kind of, uh, I said last week danced around it Uh, this time. We didn't do any dancing whatsoever. We've kind of dove right into the whole uh, psychoanalysis piece um, as that being a major key point. Um, And as I'm looking through my notes here, um, you've all touched on a lot of things that I, that I wrote down, um, the, uh, the fact that, um, Picard is difficult to be open and let people in, he keeps people at arm's length so that, um, you know, cause he's afraid that they might see that secret shame of his, um, you know. The disconnect between him and his father, even at such a young age, you know, that's something that we saw brought out throughout uh, Next Generation and how that story was told as well. So, uh, Jamie, key points for you.
1: Well, you know, there was, do, you, there was do, a, you, do you
2: have a bullet list this time?
1: Well, no, I don't. I didn't have enough time to prepare for the episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, now there were, there were a couple of things that were really said that really kind of resonated with me as kind of overarching themes in this episode. And you know one was when Picard was talking to uh, Talon and he says, we, you, we don't know how it ends, you know? So obviously there's, there's more to this story and another, you know, kind of topic that I really felt was kind of driven home was there is no better teacher than one's enemy. You know, and and we're really trying to, to, to figure out, obviously we know Q is his enemy. We know the Borg are his enemy to a certain extent because of what they did to him. But we're really trying to decide as an audience, is his father an enemy? You know, is his father the monster that he's always envisioned he is through the first 90 years of his life that he remembers? And, you know, I, I wonder if we're going to see that tide kind of turn a little bit. And, and, you know, it's interesting too, if we think of how Patrick Stewart, his actual life, cause I know he's talked about it so much, the abuse and the trauma that, you know, he watched and endured with his real father and how that played such an impact on his life throughout the years. You know, I'm wondering if he's bringing an element of that to the show that, you know, maybe I can make a little parallel between myself and, you know, the, 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 characters that I play, but when, you know, once again, I'm still struggling with some of these other characters, you know, that their plots weren't driven along. It really bothered me that, you know, Picard wakes up and Talon's basically like, oh, Renee, she's fine. How do we know she's fine? She just watched a man who saved her life, get hit by a car. Right and, and how do we know she's good? You know, I, I just feel like they swung and missed by not showing these characters, you know, and, and I'll be honest. I really want to see more of Girardi, what she's doing, what havoc she's wreaking on the streets of Los Angeles. And we've got like, we got like 30 seconds of her going into a bar and Mm -hmm. breaking some glass. I mean, I I don't know. It just, like I said, and I I agree with Tamiya so much, we spent way too much time in in the, in the brain of, of Jean-Luc Picard. I I really wanted to see where these other characters were. And like I said, I would have liked to see more of like Robert in the equation, how he was affected by the mother's situation and, you know, the relationship with the father, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I would have liked to have seen that element a little bit more. So But like I said, I think there was some really good, those two sentences, I really highlighted that were were a huge major themes in this episode.
0: So this episode is called Monsters. And I think that that is really what we're looking at here is the monsters of our mind, of our past, uh, that, you know, the monsters that other people may have that we don't even know or realize. You have to realize that Picard was really young when his mom was going through this mental illness and has a very different perspective on, uh, he has a child's perspective on what happened with her. And uh, so, I think his realization that his father, like he he understands his father a little bit better, but I, I think that that's going to change... That that may that may be the 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 most that he's going to recognize that change because I think what we're going to find out in the next episode is going to or in in the next couple of episodes is going to kind of even change that bit. Of, um, but I think that it's you know I think and also Girardi is becoming a monster. I think is is also kind of out there as well. So. Um, you know that piece of the adventure so we've got a real really strong theme here of all the different monsters you know the monsters of Picard the monsters of his mom the monster that is his dad um, Girardi and then um, you know I think that there's even um, stuff that we're not going to get a lot of but the whole reason we don't know why Rios isn't close with his father but again another Another thing about potential monsters or, or things that we don't understand about other people. So I feel like it really delivered on the the episode title and, and kind of went from there. So um, I think that we can all kind of see, which is why I think that there was just enough to get us going to where we're going to end up with Girardi being the monster. Um, So I think that really it's dealing with inner demons, child's perspectives, and also, you know, something you all were talking about a few minutes ago, I know that this is taking time, but it's also realistic. Um, The unraveling of trauma is not something that just takes, you know, one, one session or, you know, so I think that's why we've seen this develop over the last six episodes, is that it does take time for trauma to to unravel and to get perspective on it and i still think that there's more trauma yet to come that needs to be unwrapped and uncovered so uh, i think that we're going to get more of this but this is what patrick Stewart wanted to do so we have to remember that this is all you know because of him and, and jamie i actually didn't know i you know i I didn't know a lot about his background. So I, it it makes a lot of sense that this is informing him. And also as he's getting up in age, taking the effort, having the opportunity to kind of delve into some of this from a personal perspective as Patrick Stewart doing this through his art, I think is also a really fascinating piece of this puzzle as well. I think that's
2: interesting what you were saying, Mike, about, um it's realistic as far as the trauma goes because it's funny the three of us were uh, the four of us were just talking about uh how uh strange new worlds is endeavoring to tell an episodic story without the characters forgetting the things that have happened prior and so you know there this is this just happens to be the serialized version of that playing out realistically Uh, The other thing I wanted to go back to Jamie's point about advancing character arcs. Um, You're absolutely right. Um, The only ones whose character arcs get advanced in this story is Picard and Rios. Um, I mean, Girati. you're right. Like 30 seconds, seven and Rafi. I mean, there was a lot that could have, I mean, I know we're restricted within like the 60 minutes, 65 minutes that they would tell the story. And, but I mean, they showed the seven and, and Rafi exchange as part of the preview on last week's ready room about them talking about the Jurati, uh Rios kiss. And I was like, oh man, you know, that is, that is some good like back and forth that you would expect from people in the positions that they're in together. And that was it. They showed everything there. We got nothing more of that. Um so, you know, that was a missed opportunity I thought because the two of them were just and and I kind of feel like that's been a missed opportunity all season with the two of them. Um you know, we get them working together and then we don't get to see any of how they're working together except for racing around Los Angeles in a runaway cop car, which was crazy in itself but you know uh I, I did like the episode I don't want to slam it but you know going off of some of the thoughts that uh you all have had I, I you know I can I can see where you're coming from as well
3: this has been great because everybody uh mike is bringing the compassion and understanding you know Jamie and I are bringing like the realism like can we like write a, a TV episode please that i you know like it's we got this much time. Um I tell you, well, I'll save I'll save it for my uh the next segment. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I just did want to say that Mike, Mike, Mike brought up some really great points that mm-hmm. you know, yes, trauma does take time to heal. Um, you know, and I and I so I applaud the effort to Show that more realistically because, on the flip side of that, is all the times that we've complained about watching Trek, and you know, people go through something really deep, and then next episode they're like, I'm fine, you know. So, I just feel like there's a middle ground that could be, you know, that we can find here.
1: I, I like, you know. And obviously, I don't want people to misunderstand the fact I, mean, I love Jean-Luc Picard. And I love I mean, he's my favorite character of all time. Oh,
2: yeah. He loves him.
1: I love Jean-Luc Picard. Um, You know, and, and when I do watch this episode, you know, I, I hearken back to episodes like Family and Chain of Command, like like when I think of family and I think of that scene where he's sitting in the mud mm-hmm. and he breaks down, you know, seeing an episode like this Brings that episode more clarity, you know, like mm-hmm. that moment that he's having with his brother, where, you know, you know, I'm getting the feeling that he's gonna, he feels very helpless with what happened to his mother, you know. And and, and mm-hmm. I know I'm kind of leading into my prediction section a little bit too, but he feels helpless that he couldn't help her, you know, couldn't save her, whatever, you know, whether it was her life or whatever it was. And, you know, when he got put into a situation where he was captured by the Borg and he's killing all these people and he has no control. It's, it is developing his character and it makes a lot of sense. It really, really does, you know? Um, But like I said, I, I just get to the point quicker. (laughs) You know, I think that's, that, that's really, that's really where I'm going with it. I'm really interested in the other story, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the, the time travel paradox and the sci-fi element, I'm not into the psychological thriller. I'm just not. Mike, did he
2: steal your prediction?
0: Oh no, I've got, I've got plenty this week and he came
1: prepared. prepared.
0: I can't, I am fully prepared this week for predictions, but I also, you know, there, there are some really nice moments. Like we haven't even really talked about Teresa and, and Rios and that whole piece. Uh, and I think it sort of sticks Jamie's and my prediction even more so um, that Rios is going to stay in the past. Uh, I think that he's really making a connection with this boy and with Teresa that um, will keep him in the past. And again, I think that all of this, when you think about it, I think all of all of these little things... There are so many butterflies right now that are happening that i don't think that we're going to clean up the timeline quite as nicely as as we hope to mm. and um and and i also you know there are some other moments where you know talon really re- reveals that she's a romulan um, but it was sort of a giveaway with the device she put on her ear that was a pointed ear um, device when she went into to Picard's head and we kind of all kind of felt that that was probably something that was going to be revealed um, and I, I do love a lot of the, the I love the callbacks to Star Trek 4 I mean you know I, that that was probably the minute he the minute Teresa turns to him and asks are you from outer space I knew exactly what line they were going to use and how they were going to say it and he delivers it perfectly And I was just like, yes, that was, that was great. Um, I was just
2: waiting for that. Like as soon as she walked in the room with Talon there, I was like, there's no way that they can't use that line in this episode.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that he, you know, because of all of that, he has to stay behind. He has to kind of, he's going to stay behind to kind of keep them on track from not disturbing the timeline, if that makes sense you know, now they have so much information. They've seen his ship and everything that they are like, he's going to stay there to just keep things like kind of like, uh, in first contact when they were abandoning ship, like go find an Island and just don't disturb anything. Stay out of history's way. I think that he's going to stay to, to help keep Teresa and her, uh, her son Ricardo, uh, from, from disrupting the timeline after he's shown them what, like he has
2: he's gonna hang out with mistral <laughs>
1: how, how did that even really come about though them getting on the ship i mean like did picard just like sign off on that like hey i take him on that oh, shouldn't affect the timeline
2: he, he or, was busy he was busy trying to conjure the
3: queue yeah i don't get me started on that mess don't get me started on that mess right Q the or bringing her to onto me. the ship that my boy Rios, like Mr. Starfleet of the Starfleet, when Picard first meets him, he's like, You're Starfleet through and through. I can see it. Mm-hmm. It's all over you. It's just all willy nilly with the time. Yeah. Like, because he all of a sudden, he there's no such mission directive anymore. He done lost his head over some woman in the past. Oh, I, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry, know. y'all. I'm like, I'm trying. I am trying so. <laughs> So hard, but, but when you think about it, he hasn't had any. F- with this mess, they are working my nerves. <laughs> They're working <laughs> at
2: the, my the, nerve. At the risk of sounding <laughs> disgusting, he has no blood flow to his brain right now.
3: So. No, he does not, and I'm like, this. This is not Arvios, and and oh. I just, really like he's just like oh forget it like temporal crime directive or whatever mm-hmm. i've never heard of it let's just throw the whole book and bring him up to the ship well you, you know you almost I'm, f- I'm sorry
1: no but you almost feel like they're trying okay we're, we're trying to make another call back to voyage home where okay yeah. you know jillian came on the ship and blah 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 but jillian goes back into the future so yeah. you know i'm almost starting to to, to
3: lean towards well
1: maybe jillian uh, maybe Maybe They're going, going with Rios, yeah,
3: I, I, right? You what? know, and that's you know, they, they better. Like, let me just put it to you this way: they better because otherwise, there's no excuse for this hot mess. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like there's no. Well, excuse I think for
0: it. I, I think the excuse is that the Rios has never had a family. Like, I, I no! think he shares that. No, you know, and what? he's found someone that he's connected and sees the possibility well, of family, that's, and
2: that's the writing excuse. Like, that's why they're writing it that way. But I see where Tamiya is coming from. They've written him a certain way already. And so now they're kind of doing an end around with it.
1: Yeah. And and he's got that, you know, and I keep using that Han Solo-esque type mm-hmm. thing. And like even Han Solo, yeah, he loved Leia, but it wasn't like, like Rios is like totally doing a 180 mm-hmm. character flip. To to Mia's yeah. point, like complete 180. You know, he We I didn't
2: see know. him this way with Girati last season.
1: No.
3: No, and he was really he really cared for Girati. Mm-hmm. You know, and but I do like those those little moments between them this season have been really interesting. Those have been interesting moments that I wish we could have seen a little bit more of. Like I wish I could have seen that dynamic play out more than as opposed to giving him just an entirely new, different love interest. Mm. Um and, and that would have been a much more compelling storyline with what's happening to Girardi right now in my book. Mm. Mm. Well, what we think is happening to Girardi right now.
0: So should we talk about just to keep this moving along, but should we talk about the end of the episode with Guinan and Picard? And, oh, can we please? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, let's, oh, yeah. let's do
2: that. So, That's my so, favorite be- part. so before you guys start bringing your thoughts on it, and I, I have one point that I want to bring up. Did you notice that her summoning bottle is what is in the opening title? In the credits. Yep. Thank you. That is, I did not <laughs> notice that. That is, that is what you've, I think that's what you've been talking about, like all season, Mike, is uh,
0: oh that that uh that ca- canonical art yeah like thing yeah yeah that when could I, be it yeah when i saw it i was like holy crap it's the friggin bottle. i did not <laughs> i did not put that uh actually where i thought you were gonna go was it's also i believe it, it's very similar to the i dream of genie bottle
3: it is Uh-oh. isn't it though
0: <laughs> it is so <laughs> that's actually where i thought you were gonna go with that for nope nope but uh, yeah, it's a good callback to the beginning, uh, to the opening credits for sure. I Now I have to, you know what, this time today, I, I actually, because I wanted to maximize my time of watching the episode, I, skipped. I actually did, I skipped the opening credits or uh, I skipped it the second time. The first time I did something else while I was playing so I could knew I could, you know, not pay attention. But uh, yeah, now I have to go back and look at that again.
2: All right. Well, away we go. Have at it about uh, guy. All right, Tamiya, it's your
0: favorite part of the episode. Go for it.
3: That's all I have to say about it. Is my favorite part of the episode. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, I mean, I mean, it was. um, It actually was my favorite part of the episode. I felt like um, the writing was the tightest um, in this in this scene, and there was, uh, and it was just so interesting. Like I'd never. Who would have thought of the cool idea of calling a cue, right? Like it was just from the neatest, yeah. right. From like, you know, the genie in the bottle, you know, mm-hmm. like, and um, you know, I just thought that was the neatest idea. And then, you know, I loved the, um, the effects of the sound when, you know, uh, as it was coming out, you know, it was, I mean, I loved everything about it. I just thought it was so neat. And she was amazing again, Like every time she's on screen, she's so compelling that you have to watch her. And then she has these moments that are so purely guinan that Mm -hmm. you know that she just nails and um, you know little gestures and mannerisms and quirks of the head and sometimes intonations of voice. you know, I, I just, uh, I love her interaction with Picard. Uh, I love their interaction.
0: It's very conspiratorial, like whispering Bradley. and it actually reminded me a lot of how like their original, you know, what we know of as their, what we've seen of their relationship. It felt very like yeah, talking in the corner and being conspiratorial and not, you know, not conspiratorial in a bad way, but, you know, just whispering in the corner to one another. I thought it was very, uh. Very touching to see that,
2: you know, what Agreed. else was cool too was how she read uh, the FBI agent, it was very much what we would have expected from Guinan in the future, except so much more blunt here. And you know, it, you gotta owe that back to the fact that she's 400 years younger, so of course, she's not gonna have that same uh tactful way of bringing stuff out but uh again like you said to me it was very true to what they had made the character before
1: i i will say too i liked uh you know one thing i liked about the scene was kind of true to the form of picard how when he's on a mission to do something he forgets about all pleasantries and everything you know she's like basically like hey no you know hello to your long lost friend no no no. let's just conjure you know he he's like all business you know it's very common with how his character has been when he gets on a mission or or when he's you know one track mind that's how he's going to be
2: so the fbi agent i don't know if you all noticed what the actor is jay Carnes. uh he was in the episode Relativity on Voyager, the time ship that was uh, constantly trying to fix time. <laughs> so no
3: way, that was him. I knew he looked familiar. I was yep. like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I didn't pick up on it right away. Um, I I had to see it somewhere else. But it was it was the, just like you said to me the whole time. I'm sitting there, like I know who this guy is, but I can't place him. And then that was, that was what happened.
0: He gives well, off a love- uh, Mulder vibes from X-Files mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And now yeah. all of that, his dialogue, like has a whole nother level of meaning too. Yeah. Like, a lot of, like okay, that's just great. That's cute. That's mm-hmm. really
2: cute. Uh, so the only other thing that, uh, that I, that I, none of us brought up um goes back almost to the beginning of the episode how um when they were in the solarium there how his mother said to him that she could see greatness within him and that he would lead others with his words you know like his the speeches that he gives uh to motivate people over the years i thought that was that was interesting that uh you know, she didn't, she didn't talk about how he would be this big, strong figure that would, uh, you know, would be busting down doors and he'd be the hero of the day, but rather he would be the motivator. He would uh, lead with his words rather than actions the whole time.
0: Which is who Picard is really from the beginning from encounter at Farpoint. He's, you know, he's a very different captain than Kirk. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he he does, you know, Kirk was always considered like the captain of action. And Picard was always more of like this, you know, peacemaker, ambassador, just a different kind of captain. And and so he totally fulfills those words that his mother uh, talks about him in that way.
2: Again, yeah, the only other thing I kind of got a little bit of an extreme measures vibe from this episode, uh, the close to the end of deep space nine episode where they go inside the mind of um, uh, William Sadler. What's his name? The section 31 agent. Um, I can't remember is this character's name Um I kind of almost thought it was going to be something like that, where Talon was going to get trapped at some point, especially when the monsters came out and had the chains around her neck. Um, But then it didn't happen, and so all the parallels were lost. Uh, Another another bright, shiny thing thrown out for us that... uh
3: Oh my God, you're so funny. You're like, oh, but then it didn't happen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'd like to take a moment to talk about Fansets, the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network.
1: One of the wonderful privileges that we had to be in Chicago was we got a chance to see sets in person and obviously very close friends of ours. And there was no person that I saw that didn't spend a long time at that Trek Geeks table because they have so many things to offer, whether it's Star Trek or other fandoms such as Scooby-Doo, DC Comics, Batman 66, Harry Potter, or Rick and Morty.
2: Don't get me started at how much time I spent there.
0: Yeah. Speaking of, you know, mission Chicago, there were some great new releases, uh, from mission Chicago, including three mission Chicago pins, a small, a medium pin. And, uh, with the medium pin has the background of Chicago. And then we have a glitter enterprise D large pin from mission Chicago. They also launched their um, masterships collection with the uh, Enterprise A and I have that and it is a gorgeous, gorgeous pin. It is both a magnet and a stand built into one so the, the um, dedication plate folds down. So right now I can just see the uh, Enterprise A floating uh, but you can also build keep it flat and it's magnetic as well so it's a great addition to their collection you can also get some uh add some admiral uh pins to your um star trek 2 cosplay with some magnetic uh, admiral pins so there's so much there uh head on uh head on over to fansets and put a whole bunch of pins in your cart there's so many to choose
1: from and as a listener to our show, you can receive 10% off your order from Fansets by using the code TrekGeeks. that's T-R-E-K-G-E-E-K-S, at checkout. And remember that you receive free shipping in the U.S. on orders of $30 or more.
0: Fansets, our pins have character, and we thank Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network.
2: overall message of this episode and i think we've all kind of touched on our thoughts for it so far but uh jamie i'm gonna let you go first here overall what do you think the overall message was for you well
1: you know i i go back to those those two expressions that we're we're waiting to see how it's going to end and um, there's a lot to be learned here in this mind of Picard in, in his psyche. Um, and really, there's no better teacher than your enemy, you know, whether that's his father or that's Q. Um, but we really see that, you know, we're, we're diving so deep into his mind and so deep into his trauma that, um, you know, Picard's got commitment issues. Let, let's face it, he's got commitment issues. Um, he's got issues with expressing himself um, because he's so afraid that people are going to see that dark, dark side of him. Um, So he keeps people at arm's length. So I I think this is really about discovery, you know, discovering what makes Picard tick, what makes him react the way he reacts to things. Um, And, and, and I, I can't wait to see more of this discovery that we're going to see in the next few weeks.
0: Mike. I think one of the messages, uh, there are two that really stick out to me is, uh, is first the found family and choosing who your father figures are or people that you look up to. And for Rios, uh, Picard is, is one of those people. And I think it's really important that, uh, it's a great message to share that you can at any time in your life, uh, find your family and, Pick mentors, pick people to look up to, to help you grow, uh, as a person in this world. The other thing that I really resonated with is, um, that you're never too old to work through your trauma and choose a different path. And I think that that's what we're working towards is the idea that you can work through what's happened to you in the past, look at it, put it aside or, uh, envelop it into you and then move forward in a different direction, uh, kind of like a new person. So last season we got to see Picard have uh, a different body as his physical body was um, deteriorating. This this season we're really seeing Picard's mind deteriorating to some extent due to trauma and uh, how y- I think what I'm hoping for is that by working through all of this, he'll be able to, form different relationships, become a different person, become a a better person. He's already, I I think he's already a great example on many levels. I think we all have a tremendous amount of respect for Picard as a character uh, and Patrick Stewart as an actor. And I think that this all contributes to that fact that we can all become better, uh, that none of us are alone in this process, that we can... um, that anyone can work through this uh, and that getting on stuck is something that we're all able to do.
2: I kind of want to dovetail off of what you were talking about, Mike, when it came to family. Um, but from a slightly different perspective, uh, I, I you look at this episode and you see Maurice Picard, f- and we mentioned it already from the perspective of, Jean Luc, as a child, Um, and how many of us really understood what our parents were going through when we were at that age? Um, So it made me think that, uh, you know, how important it is if we're able to, as we grow into adults, uh, to make sure that we're keeping up that good relationship with our parents so that we can ask those questions. Hey, You know, I remember this happened when I was a kid, you know, what was going through your mind as a parent, then Uh, pick their brain. Um, You know, the three of the three of you saw me in Chicago. I had I had my dad with me. Uh, My dad and I have a good relationship uh, to the point where I've asked those questions before. Um, I had my daughter with me. Uh, Same thing, Uh, you know, she, she's not shy about asking me now, what are you thinking when it comes to, (laughs) when it comes to a decision you're making, but, uh, you know, uh, it just, it just got me thinking back to, you know, he, instead of trying to find out what was happening as he got older, he resented his father for the rest of his father's life and you know as we see toward the end of this trip down picard's memory memory lane there like his father said you know you always thought i was the monster but she didn't really know what was happening it was the monsters within her that she couldn't escape uh so okay hey, take the time to get to know your parents parents take the time to get to know your kids and to Mia.
3: So, you know, i just actually, you guys have uh similarly said what I was uh what I was thinking about this episode. And like I know that I've been pretty harsh on this episode, but um and a couple of episodes in this season uh in Picard, but what I really applaud, I mean it's first of all, let me get this clear. It's Star Trek and I love it. You know, like I will always love it. Even if I don't like some things as much as I like other things, it's still Star Trek and the best thing that I could possibly be spending my time watching, you know? And what they are doing so effectively this season is letting us have these conversations, right? Um, Really giving us a vehicle to have these conversations. I have these conversations with people in my recovery circles. And this is not conversations that I normally ever have outside of those circles. This is not my normal conversation with other people. So it's really refreshing to be able to talk about what's really going on inside of us um, in a different atmosphere. Because like we have a saying, like you're only as sick as your secrets. Right and and to me those are the real monsters that are going on in in this episode and um, and as you both have stated so well that when you when you start to shine a light into those dark spaces uh, they lose their power over you you know because those 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 things that hurt us from our past from our childhood. Are, they're very tender spots inside and, and it's very difficult to um, to touch them, to bring them up into the light, to look at them. Um, and there's a lot of strength in, in doing that. There's a lot of strength that comes from uh, bringing all the muck up inside of us out, you know, and and turning it into, you know, something really fertile to grow on Um, but when we hold on to these little kernels of these things uh, they can grow and they can fester and then they can start to have an outsized effect on how we deal with the world and how we deal with ourselves you know and um, so it really like it's a courageous act to look inside uh, it 's a courageous act to come to terms with these things from our past, whether they be things that were done to us or things that we did to other people things that those things that we say we 're never going to talk about to anybody those are the things that we absolutely must talk about because otherwise we 'll never be free you know um, we 'll always have those chains around us we 'll always be being chased you know and so you know i love I love the fact that. Even though I have problems with the mechanics of it, I still like the fact that they this is what they're examining. You know, um and uh yeah, so the monsters don't always have to win. <laughs> you know, they might be there, but uh they they might not, they don't always have to be victorious.
1: You, you know what's interesting too, that <coughs> I was just thinking about. As you guys were were kind of talking about, you, you know, your your points in this episode, how Picard kind of thinks about, you know, everything we've seen up to this point that's canon. His memories of his parents are always when they're older. You know, like you think about where no man has gone before. He, he thinks about his mother older, which I'm assuming we're getting a retcon pretty soon here. <laughs> and then you think of his father in Tapestry. You know, how his father told him how disappointed he was, you know, that you joined Starfleet. And, you know, he always felt like he wanted to, you know, try to please him or, or 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 keep him happy. And then I think of like an episode um oh I can't remember the name of it. It's the one with um the hunt for DNA program there, where you know chase he, he, the, the chase, yep where he says to Beverly how Richard Galen was like a father figure to him. He almost kind of wished he was his father. You know, it's, it's interesting how we're seeing the kind of the puzzle kind of get put together and how it's kind of shifting of how he used to really look at them when they were older and their, their disappointment at, you know, like his father's disappointment, of what he turned out to that kind of seeing this younger side, this more, this traumatic event that took place it, it's it's interesting that that is interesting to me, despite the fact that I don't like the episode and and I think
2: I think the cool thing too, uh, you know, Jamie and Tomia, you both commented that you didn't like the episode, but I mean, the both of you have had a lot of good remarks for parts of it as well. So you know, just like you said to me, just because. don't like the episode overall it doesn't mean that uh you know it brings down everything and that it's uh what what are the what are the internet terms we see all the time lazy writing um you know stupid crap like that Uh, (laughs) um you know uh, these people get paid for a reason they're not always going to hit a home run just you know just like a baseball player
1: what's weird though too like laris You know, the fact that it was Laris that was the one playing around in his brain, too, is kind of interesting when you think about that fact. You know, somebody that looks coincidentally like Laris Mm -hmm. is the one person that is seeing this deep, dark secret about him.
3: Two things. Number one, to go back to what Mike was saying. Like, yes, it, it not, they're not always going to hit a home run, but also the fact that like, this is so subjective, right. You know, like this is somebody else's like, this is a home run for Mike. It's just not a home run for me, you mm-hmm. know, Um, you know, and so it's totally subjective. And number two, Jamie, remember my first prediction that when we first started and I said, that that moment, that missed moment is going to be Laris is going to be the key, you know, uh, to the whole shebang. I'm still holding with that. I, I just skipped. And- yeah, I, I, I
1: think you're, I think you're on a, a, a great wavelength there because, you know, if she's seeing that, it, it is nothing. He, he's got nothing left to hide from, from anybody. That's, mm-hmm. that's his deep, dark secret, you know? And if she's truly his love or, you know, that most important person. And she's kind of seeing that I'm still trying to figure out is this Laris, is it not Laris? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure that whole piece out, but I'm waiting to see how they wrap that up somehow.
2: Well, at the very least it's, uh, you know, like he, like he said, the, uh, they're, they staggeringly look alike. So at the very least It'll give him that comfort level. Once they get back to be able to open up because now, you know, he's with somebody there, it's, it's like that. It's like riding a bike again. It's like that warm, comfy blanket. You, you are comfortable with that person. It's so much easier now to open up if, because she does, she obviously doesn't know in the future, if you know, we're saying. Talon is Talon and Laris is Laris, and never t- shall the two meet.
1: Laris, I uh I uh I shared my deep dark secrets with your great great grandmother. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're good. Let's hook up. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: man. Oh
3: groans.
2: <laughs> S- swipe, swipe right for Talon, swipe left for <laughs>
3: Oh God! Can somebody please rescue us? I know, really. (laughs) Shall we move on? It's yes. Shall we do?
0: Shall we do some awards?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Starfleet Command is proud to present you the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Okay, our awards section. Uh, So this is where we award people in the episode uh, that we think did a great job or a theme. Uh, so I will hop on this one first. Uh, I, I'm going to hearken back to the latest Trek Ranks episode where they talked about their uh, top five Star Trek crushes. And, uh, you know, I've made no secret that uh, this season's is Girati uh, in uh, Allison Pill and our favorite Momulan uh, Orla Brady. And since Gerardi was only in about 30 seconds of this episode, it's got to go to uh, Orla Brady this week, but I, you know, beyond that, uh, that, you know, I've, I've thought that she was a great character from the beginning. She does a really good job in this episode as an actress, because you think about it, most of her time acting in this episode is with a child actor. Um, she's really bringing out um uh that care and concern that you would expect an adult to give to a child in a in a case like this um calming him down uh in these areas obviously that's that's script right there but it's also got to be delivered so Orla Brady there um I thought James Callis you know, despite who he was and other things, I thought as the therapist and then the father, you know, he did He did a pretty good job as that. If you can separate who he was prior to this as a character. Um, And then finally um, I mentioned this before I've seen online people saying that, uh, the depiction of trauma in this episode and how it was dealt with, uh, by Picard's father, like it never should have aired. Like people, people have been saying that online, that this was a terrible episode and that it's scarring people. Now, look, your trauma is your trauma. Um, if, if it gives you a problem then yeah absolutely i would be upset by that too but we talked about the realism that is kind of being portrayed here and you know you kind of see going back to the maurice character you're seeing here a husband a father who does not know how to deal with what his wife is going through, what his child's mother is going through, and is just trying to protect both her and Jean-Luc. And, you know, maybe the way he went about it is not the best way. You know, I, I can agree with that totally, but it was definitely realistic, I think, in its portrayal of how someone would do, could handle that especially someone like Maurice who we know from you know just discussion about him in episodes was very quick to dismiss whatever the modern way of doing things was and you know maybe modern therapy was something that she needed and he didn't push for that who knows we don't know the whole story but I thought that was good
1: he did say though, that he tried to get her help and she didn't want help. He did make that statement.
2: Okay. In the, episode. I do remember, I do remember that now. Okay.
1: You no. Know, so, I mean, maybe they'll define that further.
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe in a
1: later episode. Um, maybe,
0: but that's also Picard's perspective on, you know, his, what his dad may have said, or, you know, so I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know that, that's necessarily exactly what his father said to him or not. You know, it's always yeah. hard to hard to tell what's real and what's not. Yeah.
2: Who knows? Uh Jamie, your medals, your awards.
1: All right. Um I'm gonna go. Are you gonna with...
0: do better than last week? Is my first question.
1: Maybe fifty fifty. Oh, okay. Does the uh, teacup I... get an award? Nope. Nope. So I got a, I got a shout out to, uh, ito, Gary. I think she did. Uh, I, I think her scene, you know, I think Tamia may have said this point earlier in the episode, that was like the best written scene, the best, you know, the one that had the most to chew on, I think was that last scene with her and Picard. Um, so I, I really want to give it to her. And my second award goes to Sonny Ozell and the band.
2: Hey, those, 50, 50. that that's worthwhile. Hey, exactly. I, I'm, I'm good with, I'm good with Sonny Oze- Ozel on that. Um, yeah. So we butchered Ido's last name the last time she was on. So I'm just curious, Jamie, how many times did you watch the ready room to make sure you got it right?
1: Um, Once. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I still think I got it wrong. Oh, I okay. It wrong.
2: I have no idea. I didn't watch the ready room, but I know she was featured. Um, And I just know because we were all asking each other how how you, how you say your last name. I I think
1: it's, I think it's different than what I'm saying. I'm going by how we used to say, but it's funny you bring up the ready room with her because she was the one that brought in that the Q who she was the one that, that said, that yep. she wanted to do that in the episode, so I thought that was kind of cool. That you that know, is she cool. Had, she had researched that and said, mm. well, th- "When I'm doing the Conjuring, I want to do that."
2: So, <laughs> awesome. That's what I got,
0: Mike. So I want. I'm. I'm going to echo yours, uh, Mike. Orla Bra- Brady definitely killed it this this week. I really loved her in it. And I loved her. Uh, the my second award goes to Dylan Van Halley, I want to say, uh, who plays young Picard. I think that uh, the way that she worked with him in this nice. episode was really, really great. And my third award goes to Madeline Wise, who plays Yvette. Um, I think she's the whole scene where she's playing the queen, and, and you know, and uh, Dylan's playing the the prince. I think was just amazing Uh, just the way that they were uh, interacting with one another. It felt very real. It felt like they were family. It felt it just, it just resonated really well with me. They did a wonderful job with that. Uh, And I think that, yeah, working with child actors is not always an easy, uh, easy part of a of an acting job i've heard from from a lot of actors so you know the fact that madeline and orla both had to work with dylan i mean he's a tremendously young good actor so but uh kudos to both of them for the work they did with him this episode so uh and and you know ito uh as well she did amazing but you know i don't want to i don't want to steal jamie's thunder you know unlike him stealing mine so Oh don't worry, you'll have your chance, Mike. Tamia.
3: Um, so uh my first my first award goes to Ito. I mean, she's just she's just boss. She's ruined every every moment she's on that screen. I don't want to stop looking, you know. And um and she always takes me someplace new and unexpected, you know, in her delivery. Like there's nothing predictable. About what she's doing, and yet there are many familiar things that that give me grounding too in the character. So I think she's just doing a, a phenomenal job. Um, and um, I'm uh, my other one. My other medal goes to James Callis because uh, I for, totally forgot about Battlestar Galactica. I was just not like a huge Battlestar Galactica. Fan. Like I I watched a few of the new ones and I was like, oh, okay. And then I got bored and <laughs> I just sort of went away. I, I know like I'm not supposed to admit it and somebody's going to try to take my, take my geek cred, but you know, it's just the truth. It didn't, it didn't hit me like that. Um, so when he came on the screen, I knew that they were like, Hey, here's this guy you're supposed to know. Like they sort of gave him this moment, right? Like that you're supposed to be like, Oh, no way, dude. And I was totally like, okay, there's this guy, whatever, you know, but what I, so I was looking at his character v- pretty cold. And I loved how I was on unsure footing with this character. I didn't know if this character was a, going to be a supporting influence for Picard or going to be an antagonizing influence. And at times was both, you know. Um, so I just really liked that portrayal. And the fact that finally at some point I was in, in one of these episodes, I was feeling something different and new. Um, and uh, to uh, what's the name of the a- a- actress again, who plays uh, his mom?
0: Madeline wise.
3: Madeline wise. Thank you. And, and the young man who plays young Picard is, uh, what you say, Daniel?
0: Dylan, Dylan. Yeah.
3: They're they're both amazing. And to the casting agents, the casting crew that, that cast the two of them as mother and son were did an incredible job because they really look like they could be mother and son. Um, you know, so. Um, and, I, you know, as always, Allison Pill gets one from me, like and, you know, I, I'm not seeing a lot of her but every moment that I see of her is just fascinating and how she's embodying this dual identity of Girardi and the board queen is, I think she's killing it every time. Um, I could have done without the singing last episode, but that's just me. And not because of her voice, just because. Music.
2: Why? Yeah, exactly. The music.
3: Why? Exactly. But, um, yeah, but I think she's
2: killing it. So that's it for me. At some point, I kind of feel like um, not even Allison Pill, but maybe just the red dress itself is going to get an award this season.
3: The red dress <laughs> is a character all on its <laughs> own. Like, that's the red right. Dress that's is, right. Yes.
2: And, and can I say, as I'm listening to all of you do these awards, it's going through my head. I can't think of any other star trek that we've had prior or present where so many of us have started saying they should do a series just based off of this character or they should do a series based off of these couple of characters like you were talking about uh about ito and her portrayal of gynon and how you know you can't get enough of her. And I'm thinking to myself, we could have a young Guinan series,
3: young Guinan. Let's start yeah. the movement. We're going to start it. Hashtag young Guinan.
2: Yeah. series, Hashtag
3: young Guinan series. Let's yeah. be
2: specific. <laughs> yeah. And I think Ito would be a hundred percent on board after hearing all the uh, background work that she did for the part. And I'm going to say honorable mention uh, on my list. I know I'm cheating here, but hey, I'm running the show. I get to do that. Uh Sol Rodriguez and Santiago Cabrera together. Uh, the way that they play off of each other in this episode just so good. Just so good. And I hope we get to see more of that over the remaining episodes.
3: I'll I'll second that honorable mention. Mm.
0: I will third that That they were on my list, but I decided to uh, shorten my
1: list. Whoa. Jamie's shaking his head. Yes, too. No, no, I, I, I agree. I like how she plays the, um, like you talk about Teresa, right? Yes. Is that the actual, okay. I like how she plays the, I'm going to kill you if you do this.
2: <laughs> you know, she does.
1: She plays that. So she was picked that actress was picked mm-hmm. so well. Like she just portrays that tough, you know, well, Latin broad, <laughs> you know, and they're, and
2: they're the way they play off of each other in these scenes, in this episode, it's like, they are a married couple already or yeah, a couple great that,
1: or, great, great, great. Right,
2: or a couple that's, you know, been together for so long, married or otherwise that just knows each other in and out already and can just throw the barb and, they know that it's not meant to be hurtful it's just like hey watch out
1: yeah and and i hope i'm not making to me upset when i say this but like last season when it was rios and girardi i had a hard time like to me they didn't have the same chemistry i didn't more see of a, it seemed
2: like it was more of a fling
1: yeah it was like thrown together and I, it just it didn't click for me mm-hmm. but these two click they these two mm-hmm. Did they did a nice casting job to find uh yeah. his match
3: library computer data being received
2: and what will surely go down as the most popular section of the show due to the scandalous back and forth of two of our co-hosts. We reach our prediction section of the show. And due to things that occurred on the last episode, Mike Thurlow, you get to take the lead on predictions.
0: Yes. All right. <laughs> so I I have some some big ones. Uh first of all, that door banging is coming back. Uh that is my my predi- my first prediction is that uh Jean-Luc let his mom out of the room and whatever happens subsequently, she dies. And that is the pinnacle moment where Jean-Luc's father, Maurice and him break essentially. Uh, he thinks he's saving his mom. He loves his mom. He wants to, you know, take care of her and doesn't know what he's doing and has unlocked her. And she, she, she kills herself in some way. Um, So that's my first prediction. My second prediction is uh, that with all of these butterflies, they are actually creating a separate timeline. Like it's already been created. Uh, It may not be the timeline that we saw in the second episode. But it is the timeline that we saw in the first episode, which produces the Borg Queen. So, that rip in time is actually from this version of events because at some point, they won't be able to stop Girardi from becoming the Borg Queen. And so, the Borg Queen actually takes over Earth and there's that split in the timeline somehow that comes full circle back to the first episode where they break through in order to conquer Uh, the original, what we'll call the original timeline. So that's my second prediction. My third and final prediction is that Q is either imprisoned or dying, which is why The Conjuring did not work. And so, what little we've seen of Q is him projecting himself using whatever energy is left uh, back in time to teach Jean-Luc this lesson and that season three of Picard is going to be the Picard and crew, including the original next generation crew going somehow into the Q continuum to save Q, um, because of what he learns, because of the lesson that, um, and this whole experience that John Luke is having, um, where he's learning to know himself, but he's also realizing I need to know my enemy, and, your, and his enemy, he always thought that Q was unknowable. And so whatever lesson this is teaching Jean-Luc, uh, unlocking his trauma or whatever, will actually lead to him going to save Q. Um, so that is, those are my three predictions.
2: Mike Thurlow swinging for the fences this week. So since he did that, we're going to have Jamie follow that one up.
1: Of course you would. Um, well,
2: my, mine are crap. So, you know, I got to <laughs> go somewhere.
1: Well, I'm, you know, I, I think my, my prediction is very similar to Mike. So, you know, I mean, I guess you can say he upended me, but um, you know, I, I know I was alluding to, you know, how we remember Picard's mother and where no man has gone before that. She's older. I do feel like we got a retcon coming similar to Mike Thurlow's uh, point. Um, I do feel we're going to see her death somehow coming in in one of the next few episodes and he's either going to blame his father or he's going to blame himself, um, you know, and, and I think you bring up a good point with the banging. I'm kind of in the same wavelength as you is that's her trying to get out of wherever she's trapped, you know, and, and, that's going to be the decision that, you know, like I said, ultimately puts that rift between him, him and his father. He's either going to blame himself or he's going to blame uh, his father for her death. Um, the other thing I think is gonna happen is I'm now really becoming invested in this idea. Obviously, we know with Girardi being the Borg queen and how that's kind of taking a mind of its own. I'm gonna go one step further now, and I'm gonna say that the La Serena is gonna be that Borg ship that we saw in episode one, it's going to be the Borgified. You know, it's going to be the La Serena Borgified, And she's going to take that ship back to episode one.
2: That's all really I got. Try- He's really trying. He's really trying to cut you off at the knees, Mike. Like he couldn't, he couldn't even just take what you gave and
0: <laughs> I'm good with it. That's a, that's a, that's a solid prediction. Jamie, I will give you credit for that. Absolutely. <laughs> So, I'll, be the, I'll be the bigger man here, Jamie, and admit <laughs> it.
3: No. Ooh, them's fighting words. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> so
2: my prediction, uh, I mentioned it uh, offline last week. Uh, my thought is that, uh, you know, Teresa is uh, obviously the Jillian Taylor of this series and her and ricardo will be going back to the 25th century with rios to have the uh, Cristobal family aboard the uss stargazer because that has to happen so that after picard is over we get the adventures of rios and the stargazer and his crew and since I know she adores the predictions round,
3: I let Tamiya go last. <laughs> oh God, I really hate this. <laughs> I know, so do I. <laughs> I like. I have no meaningful predictions. I really don't. Um, uh, you know, I I really hate trying to look forward in a in a series because I really like to take it just like I'm reading a book. Like I don't know what's coming next, and I want it all fresh. You know, um, I, I just want to see it and experience it in the raw. You know, if I make it, my only prediction is um, the groaner type of prediction, which is that we are not going to finish the story in this season and that we, it will be carried over to next season. And uh, that this is just a placeholder season, the mid, middle part of the story. That That's all I'm giving you.
1: The Empire Strikes Back chapter. Yep. <laughs> mm.
3: yeah.
2: Well, uh, I got I got one more prediction for you. Um, next Thursday, there's going to be an episode that drops at 3 a.m. on the East Coast. That's my prediction. I can guarantee that that's going to happen. Speaking of that episode, with time running out before the Euro- the Europa mission. Picard and Guinan must free themselves from FBI custody. Seven and Rafi come face-to-face with Girati and the horror of what she's become. Episode 8 is entitled Mercy, and we'll be covering it here for you on Discovering Trek Picard.
0: Don't forget that you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to unedited audio of all our podcasts and a lot of other perks. If you'd like to support this and the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trek geeks where subscriptions start as low as two dollars a month.
1: And for more great Star Trek discussion, please check out the other aforementioned member podcasts on the network. In addition to discovering Trek, there is Trek Geeks. Rewind, Polytrex Five-Year Mission, a little show called Deep Space Pride, Drawn to Trek, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, The Greatest Sisters on the Planet, The Sci-Fi Sisters, Science Station 2 with the first link, and the newest addition to the network, ConPod, which is all about Star Trek conventions. You can find all these shows and where to listen on trekgeeks.com listen, or by downloading the Trek Geeks mobile app.
0: Little, I say in my best, Commander Worf's voice there. Very nice. Very I like cool. it. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do.
1: I profess I am not a merry man. <laughs> 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 we got to take a walk
2: in Picard's child sized shoes to see what has plagued him all these years. Uh, but it seems like just as he's developing a plan the walls come crashing down around him what is going to happen next for him and Guinan? again tune in to discovering trek picard next week as we discuss the episode to close this one i'm going to quote picard from last season with some advice that he should have followed fear is an incompetent teacher until next time never stop discovering
1: Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.